0: The ACC is expanding, but will it survive? What does it mean for the Big 12? Now the ACC is expanding. Is it just another sign of the inevitability of where college football and college sports is heading right now? We'll break that down. Then look at the entire Big 12 slate. Also the first edition of the Saturday 7, the seven biggest games outside the Big 12 conference this week and how they will shape the landscape of 2023 college football. All that and more coming up on today's show. I am Josh Neighbors, the host here of The Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You guys can find us wherever you all get your podcasts. You all can also find us here on the YouTubes. Please subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to 12,000 before tomorrow, guys. I'm not sure we're going to get there. We're like 70 away. We're on that final push right now. So help us get to 12,000 by subscribing to The Neighborhood Watch today. Find us on x slash Twitter at nwpod365. You guys can find me at joshneighbors underscore. Once again, wherever you guys get your podcasts as well. Sign up for our CBS Sports Pick'Em. I announced this on Twitter yesterday, but we're going to start this next week to give you all more time to do it. What you all have to do, it's very simple and easy to do. Uh, you guys will just, let's see, I'll make sure I get the entire screen up here for everyone. Uh, what you all do, is you guys will go to the CBS Sports website, okay? make an account if you have not already, you go to the Play tab, Play Now, just search for it. It's called Neighborhood Watch 2023, or I will provide a link in the description below. There's also links on Twitter as well. You click on it, you log in. The password is watch, uh, just W-A-T-C-H, watch, all lowercase, That will get you in. It's free to pick. It's free to play. Every single week, we'll be picking Big 12 games, and I'll sprinkle a couple other games in there as well. The winner at the end of the season will get a piece of Neighborhood Watch merchandise, which is coming to the store right now, and also uh, the 365 Sports hat, which I have one of them. They're fantastic. I'll bring mine in for next week so you all can see. Uh, And once again, before we get going, we'll let you all know the coverage plan for us big 12 related especially is going to be sunday recap shows monday we'll kind of take a not just like a another look back at the weekend obviously but what the results mean kind of spin it forward then we'll begin talking to folks throughout the week interviews about the biggest games and then we'll kind of start the preview throughout the week as well saturday seven coming on friday give you all some best bets that come on usually on my twitter on saturday i'll give you all some of my leans but my five best bets come your way on twitter every saturday morning last year 31 28 and one so if you need to be like 53 percent to make money um and i would see, i picked uh 31 is 31.5 uh correct out of what is 31 plus 28 that is 69 i believe 59 69 uh, 59 um so 31.5 by 59 that is that 53.4 percent winning percentage that you need to make some money so we were right there for you Trying to make you some cash last year. We're pretty close to doing so. Record is above 500, obviously. uh, But also, uh, and picking the bowl games was challenging. But also, too, you know, uh, above 500 generally. But obviously with big spreads and stuff like that, you know, it's challenging. But we do have some money line plays for you uh, in there as well. Help you make some cash. All right, let's get to it. 3.30 in. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get after it. The news came down today. The ACC is going to be expanding. They're going to add Cal, Stanford, and SMU as new members in 2024 and 2025. This came out earlier today. I believe Brett McMurphy had it first. He's been all over conference realignment. He was shortly followed by Pete Damble, who will read from here from ESPN.com. It says the ACC presidents and chancellors met Friday morning and voted to add three schools. Stanford, Cal, and SMU, the conference announced, will be joining. It will bring the league to 18 members. 17 will play football full-time in the league. The additions are in all sports and will begin in the 2024-2025 school years. That's next year. The moves have been the subject of much drama over the past month, as Commissioner Jim Phillips uh, worked diligently to appease a group of members eager to add the schools and others seeking more revenue. The protracted process ultimately ended with the ACC growing amid a backdrop that brought in uh, brought to light of the fundamental tensions within the league. Uh, You know, there's the comments about, hey, we're thrilled. You know, adding these schools, it's great. The move unfolded in atypical process as votes in league matters are usually cast as unanimous and are simply a formality when the presidents meet to decide. Guys, this is key right here. The ACC needed 12 of 15 votes. Heading to the meeting Friday morning, it was uncertain whether the league had votes, a significant variance from how conference expansion typically works. In a straw poll more than three weeks ago, four ACC schools dissented Clemson, FSU, North Carolina, and NC State. One of them needed to flip for the vote to pass, and all eyes are on NC State Chancellor Randy Woodson going to the meeting. It was a 12 to 3 vote Friday with NC State flipping. Multiple sources confirmed ESPN's Andrea Adelson. Uh, They talked about, you know, why they made the move, all that kind of stuff. So UNC and NC State did not need to be tied together. But some of the uncertainty around Woodson's vote came from the political ramifications of not being aligned with North Carolina. Florida state also voted no quote. We appreciate the efforts of commissioner Jim Phillips and our conference partners, Florida state president Richard McCullough, uh, uh, Richard Richard, uh, Richard McCullough said in a statement quote, there are many complicated factors that led us to vote. No, that said we welcome these truly outstanding institutions and look forward to working with them as our new partners in the Atlantic coast conference. All right, folks, so let's stop there for a second and break this down really fast. Uh, and then I'll, I'll tell you all the uh, the revenue, the revenue situations. Actually, let's, let's hit that really fast here before we go on. Uh, for those of you who do not know what the revenue situation is going to be, it is going to be uh, SMU is not going to take any revenue for the first seven years that they are in the conference. Um, And then, yes, SMU is expected to come in for nine years, nine years, excuse me, with no broadcast media revenue. Cal and Stanford will each start out just receiving 30 percent. That money being withheld is expected to create annual pot of revenue between 50 million and 60 million dollars. Some of the revenue will be divided proportionally among the 14 full time members and Notre Dame and another portion will be put in a pool designated for success initiatives that rewards uh, programs that win. For Stanford and Cal, it'll be 30% of a whole ACC share for the next seven years. That number will jump to 70 in year eight, 75 in year nine, and then full financial shares in the 10th season. And then uh, I think for SMU, the decision to forego television revenue gave it a seat in the major conference, and the school will lean on its wealthy boosters to help it stay afloat until revenue comes in uh obviously obviously which is like pretty crazy thing that they're, they're gonna be doing that so and i don't think that let's see if he's got the final number um you know they but they just want to be i mean they just want to be in the major conference obviously so let's let's go first with the fact that this was not a unanimous vote and what that means the big 12 unanimous vote uh, all the other conferences end up doing unanimous votes even though there might be some dissension it's just good to eventually vote unanimously. Like A and M did not want Texas in the league, obviously, and they just said, "Well, you know what? We're gonna go with the flow here. We gotta, we gotta vote yes because that kind of looks bad on the league if we're all, you know, we're all in different places. There's dissension. It's not really the the place that you want to be in. Which I, I I agree with that. I don't think it's a place that you want to be in. So they thought it was, you know, I think it's usually important to do. But this all started really because the ACC had a group of schools that expressed interest about leaving the league and wanting more money, Florida state, Clemson, uh, UNC. And I think some others, obviously NC state, obviously, uh, you know, Virginia and Virginia tech have been mentioned in there. Miami obviously has been in there too. Um, I, you know, I think Miami feels pretty safe about wherever they're gonna be going in the future. Uh, you know, they're a major, obviously football brand, Florida state, Clemson, Um, And so the schools, you know, the conference was exploring ways to appease those schools. Well, there is no appeasing them. They want that large financial um, payout from the TV networks, and they're not going to get exactly what they are looking for in the ACC. So once it became clear that there is no appeasing those institutions, the best possible thing they can do is try to bridge the gap while also adding members, because eventually, guys, this is going to fall down. Uh, Those no votes represent the attitudes of three schools that are going to leave the ACC. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. They've got a large commitment as a conference and as individual schools that have been made to the ACC and also then by extension to ESPN. And once again, if any of these schools were to go to a Big Ten, especially a Big Ten that did not feature any partnership with the ACC, or excuse me, with ESPN, I do not see a situation in which uh, ESPN lets them walk easily, right? You've got FSU, you've got Clemson, you've got Miami, you've got FSU, uh, uh, you know, Clemson, FSU, Miami, UNC, uh, you know, Duke, if you want to do basketball, all of these schools at a pretty good price tag, right? You've got them At a very and look, that's their fault for negotiating a contract that uh you know Jim Phillips not really even blame him on this one. Like everybody didn't have foresight about this. You shouldn't be signing these massive long term contracts, and so we are in a spot now where these schools have made it obvious that they want to leave. They want to bolt. The ESPN is going to fight them if they want to go to a different league, and even it's uh, even if it is the SEC, which they have the exclusive rights to. They'd still fight that because you're going to be paying those schools more money in the SEC than you would in the ACC. So it's in ESPN's financial interest and Disney's and then whoever ends up owning ESPN, if ESPN is sold, which I know there has been talks about. uh, It's in that entity's interest, whoever controls ESPN to keep those schools because advertisers like those schools. And, uh, you know, why would you let them go if you have them at a good price right now? It just does not make a whole lot of sense to do. So I think they'll fight that uh, as best they can, make sure that they're fairly compensated in some way, shape, or form, whether it's games, whether it is games when they're in the new league, whether it is a super big uh, payout, a penalty, whatever it is, but I I just don't see them letting them walk. So uh, I don't know when this happens, but those schools are going to leave because they've talked about that gap for so long that if, when the ACC comes up, like, are they just going to make as much money all of a sudden as the Big Ten or the SEC is making? No. So those schools are going to work as hard as they can for as, as long as they can, basically. I mean, as long as they can, as quickly as they can to get out of this. But remember, guys, Oklahoma and Texas left the ACC with three years left on their TV contract, or at least they announced it when there was three years left on the uh, the TV contract. Uh, there are three years left in the ACC one, and then you add another 10 years. There is a decade-plus of time left on that TV contract. And so that's why it's going to make it difficult to get out of. And they're going to have to find a way to stomach that. I mean, hopefully they're able to get, you know, uh, that incentive stuff is going to help them some. But that's why we talked about that private equity fund, maybe getting involved with Florida State because they're trying to find a way to finance this move sooner or later. Uh, And I'm sure they have all their lawyers still working day and night trying to find an explanation, find a way that they can get out of this contract. And so that is why the ACC basically said, all right, we have to add teams now. Because we will lose these schools, and when we do, we need to be prepared. This is actually a really smart move by the ACC. They are taking advantage of a situation where, look, Cal and Stanford, much like Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Colorado, and Utah, did not want to necessarily go to the Big 12, but it was the best option. No, folks, say, oh, you know, screw the Big, uh, the Pac-12, you know, all these, all these things about the Pac-12 compared to the Big 12. Those schools did not want to leave. They hung on for as long as possible. But in the end, it just did not make enough sense for them to stay in the league financially because there, was, there were no guarantees about what they could get from the league uh, and, and, and what that would mean long-term for them money-wise. So there is more stability. That has created a very uh, odd situation, obviously, with Cal and Stanford. And then uh, SMU has been sitting there kind of lurking, waiting, and they're going to use the power of the SMU boosters, the daddy's money. The daddies are coming in to give them some cash to make sure they can. This thing might work, and they're gonna get the exposure they've always wanted. So they're gonna, get, you know, they're gonna give money because hey, they're getting to the league they want to. That's gonna cause boosters to say, you know, what? we're we're happy now, and we want to compete. So we're gonna we're gonna make sure we can compete by funding this endeavor. I'm interested to see how it, how it looks though, uh, and how competitive they can be. But the ACC adding the Bay Area, and then also adding Dallas. Means that they're going to have some nat- national reach, no matter what, um, despite whatever is coming down the pike. And look, the TV contract, as short-sighted and as bad as it is, because it is long-term, has protected the ACC in some ways. That long-term resolution has become just that—it's, it's, it's uh, you know, it is a long-term resolution at this point to kind of their problem. And the problem is survival. I mean, that—that's really what this is. Is. You know, we're all talking about thriving and FSC wants to thrive. But if you are not the Big Ten, if you are not the SEC, survival is your goal because and you have to worry about that first before you worry about thriving. That's your goal because the way college football is headed, I've mentioned this a whole lot, but the way college football is headed, guys, we're heading to a situation where the conferences will eventually take it over and it looks like some new governing body will come in. I think we all think about a Super League and we're wondering, okay. how many schools are in said Super League? Is it just driven by the television networks? And is that how the, we eventually get our college football NFL'd uh, you know, all the way, a Super League? Now, once again, I have my reservations about how long that will sustain because I think what makes college football really special is the fact that everybody has a rooting interest, right? Utah played Colorado last night and or Utah played Florida last night and we saw what happened. I mean, you know, it, it's ridiculous that, that we have to think about a world where Utah is in a conference making so much less money than a Florida, right? But Florida brings eyeballs and Florida's a massive brand and Florida is obviously the state of Florida. And they, you know, they've got that Gator logo. Uh, But you know, like we saw last night in that game, it's very possible to build a program that year in year out is a strong contender to make what would, what will be a 12 team CFP um, and build a strong roster and develop talent I mean, we saw it last, you know, once again, saw it last night, like the better team up front was Utah. Utah kicked Florida's ass up front. Uh, And it's possible to build teams like that, that, hey, not always beat Georgia's or Alabama's or whatever. In Utah's case, it's been Penn State and then Ohio State and the Rose Bowl's back-to-back seasons. But they can still contend and beat members like that. Are We want to head towards a world where Utah's have to claw their way for any kind of, you know, uh, the avoid relegation or get promoted, uh, or have less of an opportunity to play for the ultimate prize in Florida is going to have a better shot just by virtue of being at the conference they're in. It already exists in some extent now, right? The fact that schools like Vanderbilt and Missouri and South Carolina and Kentucky make the massive shares that other school, you know, money, you know, that, look those, those schools aren't uh those schools aren't pushing the conferences forward they're not the ones who are making the big dollars it's the massive brands even to those schools get kicked and once eventually the the super league version comes around will there be some attrition will you kick the indianas of the world the Purdue's of the world uh to the side in favor of just the big schools right so we've got no idea what that's going to look like but your goal whenever that comes if there's even conferences is just survival and so I think the ACC's idea here of strength and numbers is a smart one. You might say, Josh, they're screwed. They might be, but what else would you have them do? Would you have them sit there and take it? Or would you have them take advantage of a very potentially uh, profitable for them situation in terms of survival? And it is it is a generally profitable venture here, right? This is, this is going to allow them to make extra money for other schools. And look, um, and I'm not sure how long that's going to last, but Maybe when the next TV negotiation comes around, whatever that looks like, whenever it happens, it's so far down the line. But like they can be more competitive in that space. And once again, a lot will change before then. Who will be involved, how they will be involved will change before then. How we consume games could be different before then. But it feels like having a voting block, having those strength in numbers is the important part. Um, And once again, it might not matter, guys. We might just get a situation where... Um, the you know, Jim, uh, Jim Delaney, I've not seen Jim Delaney, I've said the um, Tony Petiti, and then also Greg Sankey, or whoever else eventually takes it over because I know Greg Sankey's a little bit older. Um, you know, whoever is the new czar or CEO of college football or whatever this football college football board looks like, they might just say, All right, we're picking schools now, uh, in league with the TV. The TV networks, we are picking schools. The WWE draft does this. It's like this joke where the USA execs and the Fox execs, when they had SmackDown and Raw and the different net networks, were in the rooms drafting superstars. And obviously, it was predetermined by WWE. But those networks do want stars, right? So whoever is involved might be pushing the strings, if it's Fox and ESPN, you know, whoever has the TV contracts, ultimately, for the big big games and, and the CFP, saying, we want this team. We want this team. We don't need that team. Uh, that's kind of the way it's going to go. But once again, like strength in numbers, at least for right now, is good because you want to be able to say, hey, we're still a factor. Now, obviously, on-field success is what matters the most. And really, the SEC has been having a lot of that. The ACC has had some of it. But when those schools are so desperate to get out and leave, uh, that's, that's what's happening. And right now, what those schools are going to do is, look, donors, help us make up the gap. Help us stay competitive. Help us, in FSU's case, get back to where we want to be and kind of get closer there in Miami's case, hey, get back to where you want to be. Now obviously it sounds like John Ruiz and their NIL operation is having some issues right now, but they're trying to make that climb all the way back. Clemson, not trying to make the climb all the way back, but they've been knocked down a peg. It feels like in terms of national success, and that's because they were just so damn successful. So they've been knocked down a peg or two. They're trying to go from, you know, the kind of they're almost in the they're like the Penn State range right now, right? The just outside range. They're trying to make it the all the way range, all the way back up to the top of the mountain, CFP appearance type range once again. So, you know, they're going to have to ask those donors to help them hang on as long as possible. Um, And so for the ACC, once again, like this is a smart move. This is without a doubt a smart move because it makes your members, it's going to appease some folks, it's going to make them all a bit more money. Even Notre Dame gets a little more cash. Um, It's going to make them all a bit more money and you know travel be damned uh, at this point in time but like once again i think folks at stanford and cal will make sure the olympic sports will be taken care of because they're just so darn good at those sports and they value that kind of stuff so i think they'll kind of take care of those, those sports in some ways um but for the big 12 like it just shows you that the addition of of teams strength and numbers is the smart route right like you you killed the pac-12 you now offer a tv product that the networks you know recently deemed valuable and the ACC is going to be joining that, you know, with some later night games. Stanford and Cal are involved. SMU is just going to just put them on more TV sets. Whether people watch them or not in Dallas is is not really the point. You just kind of want to be on the TV sets. It is weird that the Atlantic Coast Conference is now coast to coast, but it's a, it's a still a thing, right? It's still a surviving conference, and this helps their odds of of survival at this point, long term, because there's more schools that are recognizable brands in Cal and Stanford that. People feel like should be involved in major college athletics. Obviously, 12 of the 15 uh, votes they needed, schools saw it as a valuable venture to add those brands. And, you know, that's why they're giving them some money, right? That's why they're, yeah, they want them actually to, to be uh, somewhat competitive. That's why they're actually getting some cash to be a part of this league. SMU getting none, uh, obviously, to start off, but they just want a seat at the table. So, kudos to the ACC. Uh, There is no guarantee if this actually lets them survive, just like there's no guarantee the big 12 survives. Now, once again, I've mentioned that the connection between football and basketball is strong and the NCAA tournament is, you know, the reason why it could be strong is because look, NCAA tournament, man, it still makes you a lot of money. And so the conferences might take advantage of that and take hold of that. And the big 12 being the dominant force in basketball now with brands like Houston, in addition, uh, Houston and Arizona, in addition to Kansas, Baylor, Kansas state, Uh, All those, you know, Texas Tech brands that have been playing for championships, won championships in national title games, they are now a, I mean, just they're a must have, right? So maybe they get in that way. That keeps them solid. The ACC, hoping that basketball, the Duke, Carolina, Carolina's probably gone, but I mean, I don't know about Duke. I think Duke probably goes with Carolina, Um, you know, NC State, Virginia. uh, They're hoping that they can keep these schools somewhat appeased as well, and, you know, it's, it's a solid move from that standpoint. It's a reactionary move because they can see what's happening. Luckily for them, their TV contract is so long, they can see it happening way down the line. And so they just need to rally enough people to the cause. And even if NC State wants to leave a conference eventually, it's actually no harm done because they're making more money. I think the no votes from the schools like Clemson and FSU um, and uh, I think it was Miami, they also said too. Uh, I think the no votes from those schools are basically signals that, you know, uh, uh, it wasn't a Nova. It was North Carolina, North Carolina state that they're signaling to their fan bases. Hey, we're not cool with the gap. Uh, You know, we're going to take the money obviously, but we aren't cool with the gap and we will try to find ways to bridge said gap as best we can. So that's where we stand on that situation. All right, let's go to the big 12 slate this week. Take a look at some games. Kind of give you some leans on where I'm heading. A lot of big spreads, a lot of games I do not like this week. I did not bet last night's game, uh, UCF and Kent State. I will not be betting tonight's contest. That one is going to be Kansas and Mo State, although it's Bobby petrino Missouri State. So there's your slate. Uh, once again, I think we, take, we all think that the KU takes care of business. Uh, Colorado and TCU. Coach Prime, hello, how are you? Once again, this game is strange because TCU won half of last year's national championship game. Uh, Colorado won and 11, but they are the much more talked about story in this game. A preview of a future Big 12 conference game. A lot of spectacle, a lot of, uh, you know, I think just juice around the situation. You know, um, I, this is a stay away game for me just because of the fact that Ah, uh, TCU, you know, replacing a quarterback, new offensive coordinator could take them some time to get going. Colorado, we've got no idea. I think Colorado's a school much like Kansas last year. And I'm not saying they'd be as good, but because they lack depth, I think their best chance to play well is in the beginning of the season. They've got some actual dudes on some certain levels, but their depth is just not all the way there. And then, uh, you know, uh, um, so like, what does that look like? Uh, You know, we are not really sure. I mean, Sean Lewis comes in to call the plays for them. It's a really good get. So we'll see what they look like on both sides of the ball, but they've got some serious adjusting to do that overhaul of the roster. We've got no idea what it looks like. There's just so many unknowns for this game. You know, you think TCU pulls away in the end, but 20 and a half points is is pretty good. If you want to get involved in this game, say teaser is probably the right way to go. Uh, Rice in Texas, no spread. It's on Fox, though. Oklahoma, Oklahoma uh, Arkansas State, 36-point spread there. I would not have a play for that. Uh, I might have to find some of these plays, though, tomorrow morning because I'm not even sure I can find five games. Uh, Baylor and Texas State, SEMO and K-State, Cincinnati and Eastern Kentucky. I don't know enough about these schools to tell you who's most likely to get upset. The one, though, I want to get to, 6 p.m., FS1, UTSA and Houston. This one is a uh, 6 o'clock kick central time on Fox Sports 1. So, we have a UTSA team uh this season that brings back a good portion of what they had last year. They did lose some guys in the portal and also some graduates, but if you look at this team, I mean they bring back Frank Harris, the redshirt se- senior uh you know on offense, their entire offensive line a junior uh, you know, junior, senior, re- uh, red shirt, senior, red shirt, senior, tight end, red shirt, senior at the wide receiver. They bring back Joshua Cephas senior. Uh, so like they are in a really good spot where they're just pretty old on deep on defense. They're younger in a couple spots, but really it's pretty old defense as well. And we know Jeff trailer is back. We know they've made a strong investment in him. This be a game once again, where, uh, where we could be looking at a, a spot where Houston's looking at their future coach. Is that something that is possible in this game? Houston needs a strong start. Houston absolutely needs a strong start this season. And so I think they're going to come out motivated to play clean game. Coaching edge, I'd give to UTSA right now. That worries me. But I think Houston's got some serious athletes. I think they know the importance of this game. They're not going to overlook this UTSA team. And so I think Donovan Smith and company actually get the job done. I want to take them plus the two because they do have a bit of an elite level of athlete that I think UTSA does not have. As good of a team as UTSA is, like the athletes on, UT, uh, on, a, on the Houston side, just a little bit better. And we saw that did you – know, there, there were some games last year, a couple games where UTSA, Houston won, and then later on in the season didn't necessarily go their way. And it felt like there was an athletic – gap central arkansas oklahoma state no play there west virginia penn state 20 and a half i like that line a lot you might actually just want to tease this i would tease penn state down to like a six and a half point tease uh for those of you who don't know teasers are where you take two teams and then you adjust the spread so you might do a penn state and a tcu teaser where you bump both those lines down so you make it penn state minus 14 as opposed to 20 and a half, because you're giving six and a half points, the same thing for the other game, TCU minus 14. So you think both those schools win by two touchdowns. You can do that as well. Or you might say, Hey, you know what? I think West Virginia and, uh, and Colorado might, will not both get blown out or you go one direction. Or the other. So you go Colorado, uh, West Virginia, plus uh, if you do six and a half and make it 27 points. Right. And then uh, if you did the other way around, you know, so you all see what I'm saying with that. Um, 20 and a half is a lot. But I think West Virginia gets the doors blown off. I'm excited to see what Drew Hour looks like. I, I do think West Virginia wants to come in and try to hang tough and try to play as good as they can. But this is just a really difficult spot to come into. Night game, Beaver Stadium. This Penn State team has got a lot of hype around it. Uh, I'm worried about West Virginia's offense. Let's see if Penn State, they can. Uh, let's see if they can get after them and stop the run pretty well in this game. I think they can. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not hopeful for West Virginia. But once again, let's see if they can get some positives out of this game. Texas Tech and Wyoming, the Wyoming uh, Cowboys in Laramie. 14-point favorites are Texas Tech. A look-ahead spot, as I mentioned earlier in the week, although I do like Texas Tech minus the 14 in this contest. This can be a tough spot. Uh, The fans will be up for it, but I think Texas Tech knows the opportunity they have this season. I think they'll be able to shake off some of the the nerves and whatnot this week because they're in a road spot national tv spot as well so a little bit of those nerves but i think it'll be nice because you have oregon coming to town next week and that's a massive game and a lot of folks think texas tech is primed to pull the upset there uh and i'm excited to discuss that one next week actually we'll have we will have uh spencer mclaughlin on next week for sure uh he's locked on ducks and locked on pac-12 he will help give us a breakdown of texas tech and wyoming so i like the 14 right there i lay that number with some relative confidence and then Sam Houston and BYU. Sam Houston is one of the better programs in the um, uh, in the FCS level. I don't know if they made the made the FCS transition yet. I'm rather if they're one of those schools that is. Uh, yeah, they're in Cusa now, right? So they yeah, a ton of success obviously in the past at the FCS level and then what, they played a this their last year, uh, last year was their last year. Uh, they're 5 and 4 last season and welcome them to the Power 5 ranks now. So there's that. There's uh, what I like what to find five tomorrow. And then we get to our Saturday seven, the seven games outside the big 12 conference that'll have the most impact on, I think, you know, football this year, whatever, uh, Tennessee UVA. Uh, I think ten- it's just hard to find good games this week. Tennessee is probably going to blow the brakes, uh, beat the doors off of, uh, Tennessee or excuse me, Tennessee will blow the doors off UVA. I think 27 and a half is actually a pretty decent number to lay. Boise state at Washington. This one's very interesting. 14 point spread here. A lot of folks have some high hopes for Boise, can they slow down that passing attack that Washington State has, right? Can they, uh, or Washington State, Washington has. Michael Penix Jr., really good receiving core coming back for them. We'll see up front, can they push Boise around a little bit? People are excited about Boise's quarterback. They found their stride. So this is one of the more intriguing games. I'm leaning towards Washington. We'll see what the line looks like. Good teaser candidate too, but people think Boise State is going to be tough. UNC, minus two and a half against South Carolina. To the older, more compelling quarterbacks, and older especially for Spencer Rattler, to the more compelling quarterbacks. Can South Carolina build off what they did last year? It's tough to do in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, UNC has a difficult time with South Carolina. They have four years now. Uh, they're two and a half point favorites. I think because of Drake May, I really like South Carolina plus the points in this game because of those factors. And we'll see how good the offense is around Drake May. But these are two schools tough to handicap at this point in time. Uh, One that's not tough to handicap, Ohio State minus 30 versus Indiana. I think they will run that thing up. Both guys getting opportunities at quarterback uh, Brown and McCord. McCord the starter. South Alabama at Tulane. Two and a half point spread. South Alabama was a nasty defensive unit last year. Tulane minus two and a half. They lose Tajay Spears. But they've got a really good chance with Michael Pratt back to be one of the best P5 teams, or G5 teams rather, out there. And hey, they have a great season people care get invested and they have a chance to make it to the power five ranks because they are in a big city in new orleans in the south and louisiana obviously kind of a a nice recruiting foothold if you will so opportunity for tulane not saying they'll be a part of conference realignment conference expansion but think you look at that new aac and think about a school that's having success right now can they take over that american conference uh, and they're gonna, you know, they're poised to have a good year, but a stiff test in South Al to start things off. Sunday night, LSU Florida State. I am leaning towards LSU in this game. They have more continuity. They hit the port a little bit less. I think Brian Kelly is an excellent coach. Uh, and so I like the spots in Orlando. I think it should be still a lot of LSU fans uh at that game. So it won't feel like it's a complete home game for Florida State. And so I like LSU in that spot um i don't love jaden daniels to be honest but i like the receiving core and i like the fact that this offense you know they're experienced up front uh their backs uh you know i i mean we'll see how good they are we'll see how they are up front this year lsu but uh on defense too i'm excited to see harold perkins who is the most explosive most fun defensive player in this great united states of america when it comes to college football all right number nine clemson and duke to wrap things up that is monday night Clemson laying 13 points against the Duke Blue Devils. Mike Elko, though, had a great season last year, so don't sleep on Duke. Um, but Clemson, I think, you know, when they take a Garrett Riley or, and, and you've got a Cade Klobnik, they are looking to up their game on offense. So I'm excited to see what that O looks like. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore subscribe to the channel. If you all have not already done that, it really helps us grow. I appreciate it immensely if you all would do that. Uh, And then like the videos, leave your comments as well. All right, folks. See you on Sunday.